How free should the internet be? We're talking about net neutrality. What should government discipline look like? And what is the greatest marketing campaign of all time? Oh, welcome to Is A Hot Dog A Sandwich? My brother, Ethan, how you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> it's been a good day. Um, shout out to my people at work. Mm-hmm. Um, good energy, good vibes all around. And I'm ready to talk about the internet. Okay. How are you doing? I'm, yo, bro, I'm splendid. I was in Watford today. It's always nice to be somewhere a little bit different. What for? <laughs> what for, Watford? Uh, yeah, it was a good time just uh, just working. Um, I got I got a chance to present and to train, mm. which is always great. Share some passion, uh, share some love for humans, which is my favorite thing to do. Passion, pain, and demon slaying. That's it. Ooh, you should. Kid Cudi. What? Is that Kid Cudi? Is it? Yeah, is it? It's okay. The, it's his album, the one with surfing on. With, oh, okay. uh, it's fantastic. Yeah, it is. And, and you made it even better just then. Thank you. <laughs> okay, cool. So the first topic of today kind of, you know, kind of touches on what we were talking about last time when we were talking about the robots. Mm-hmm. You know, if you were a robot, would you make the internet free for everybody so you could uh, assimilate their minds? Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> uh, how do you feel? How do you feel about net neutrality and, uh, and how do you feel about the internet and its freedom and all its possibilities? So my first real introduction to the concept of net neutrality was i want to say around 2014 2015 um with like big um isps internet service providers Mm -hmm. in the states um limiting like net speeds um and a person by the name of ajit pai who was pushing for legislation in government Mm -hmm. in in america um to basically allow this stuff to happen and um I found this on Reddit, which is, of course, probably the number one place to go through for people writing against things happening on the internet to slow down stuff, uh, being uh, having a massive American user base, uh, but also being uh, one for freedom of movement and freedom of kind of internet usage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then more recently, um, so in 20, 2015, the EU put in place legislation mm. that ensured net neutrality. Yeah. However... We left the EU. <laughs> We're not in the EU anymore. Um, and so Ofcom have been re-reviewing uh, net neutrality as some uh, ISPs in this country have sought to make changes to legislation. Mm. Um, I don't know exactly what that looks like at the moment, but it's interesting to see what they will bring in and bring on the table. Um, yeah, over to you. Yeah, I, I, th- I think my first understanding of net neutrality was the, the, the Ajit Pai... Um, speaking about it yeah. and, and then I watched the show called The Minority Report oh, yeah. which um, really went into detail one in who Ajit Pai was which was, quite, which was really quite funny because they got rinsed and, um, but also just on this whole concept of net neutrality of creating avenues in yeah. which you fit into the internet mm-hmm. like oh you can buy the sports package which lets you access things like nfl.com espn.com you can buy the entertainment which yeah. gives you access to watching keeping up with the kardashians and it's like what is going on i i really worry for that kind of a thing and i know we're still reeling from the infancy of the internet mm-hmm. where there used to be times where you could go in and create your own code on a lot of different platforms. You could create your own websites, which did all sorts of incredible things. Uh, Tom Scott? Is it Tom Scott? Is that his name? Tom Scott, yeah. 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 I almost forgot his (laughs) name. Mr. Redshirt. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Redshirt himself, Tom Scott, spoke about all the really cool things he used to be able to do with the internet and how you really used to be able to play with it, right? And I think 
we've never really got over governments and big corporations being really worried about what people can do with the internet yes. and really worried about how clever people can be with just a few ones and zeros. Yeah. And since that day, one, they were scared, but also they were like, we can monetize all of this. Yeah. And so with that combination of fear and greed comes endless amounts of control being sought after and power being sought after. And if we're not careful, mm -hmm we potentially do fall into this bracketing of, of content, this bracketing of capabilities with the internet, where you're paying 20 pounds a month to access 1% one, 1 of the internet, right? It's, it's worrying that that's where we could go. Yes. Uh, yeah, we're kind of in the phase of, or reading around this, we're in the phase of web two, with yeah. web one being, yeah. like you say, the advent of the internet, yeah. all of these magical things, pe people creating encounters on websites. Yeah. Come and look at my silly picture of yeah. cats that changes every single day. Yeah. Um, send these links to your friends to web two, monetizing, and like you said, big companies, corporations, conglomerates, essentially taking up the majority of internet space. Like it's like, if you Google almost any single item, mm. the first thing that comes up will be like Amazon. Oh, all conducted by Google, paying yeah. masses, masses, and masses of money for these advertising costs, yep. um, and kind of funneling people in the the direction of the biggest buyer, and and then sending those Google searches to Facebook, <laughs> sending them to Instagram. So now they've got adverts that you search on Google coming up on all other platforms, which yeah. you didn't even think were connected. Yeah. Um, People have this kind of theory of, ah, oh, I'm being listened to constantly. Yeah. But there is so much data being shared between these big organizations yeah. that they don't need to listen to you. No. Because their association, your association with five other people. Yeah. Oh, you, you you added five people from the London Warriors, shout out London Warriors. Oh, you might want some American football gear. Yeah. It's incredible the amount of data that is available and what is being done to manipulate that data to make uh, products and to sell products. Mm. Um Interestingly enough, we're kind of people are talking a lot about Web three. Yeah. Um, so with the the rise of cryptocurrency and uh, bitcoins and blockchain and use of um, the, essentially uh, people are trying to take back the internet by I, I I the way I understand it is using blockchain technology um, to kind of regain some autonomy over sales and what they can do with it. Um, and kind of reshape things. And mm. we are so far away from that at the moment, mm -hmm. um, but it's really interesting to hear how we might go back to kind of peer-to-peer -peer sales mm. as opposed to uh, business-to-peer sales. Mm -hmm. um, I think that net neutrality is vital uh, for the continued advancement of society and humanity as a whole because their internet and computers offer such a... Uh, a new such I guess a variety of options and ways mm. to explore the world and to expand your knowledge yep. that if we stop at this point and we start limiting it and segregating it and also putting a price tag on these things then we are blocking people from who maybe don't have the funds to do this, potentially very brilliant people from accessing the material that could push the internet and us as humanity even mm. further. Yeah, I... I'm really hoping that we don't fall fall into a trap, which we're falling into in the physical realm, which is really allowing the, the, the government and the states to take control of our physical spaces. You know, stopping... In a lot of countries, you're seeing the right to protest yeah. and to, to stand up being taken away and being um, made illegal. Mm -hmm. And it, I really hope they can't take that same freedom from the information we access on, on the internet. Yeah, I mean, the mass waves of privatisation, even today, mm. Channel or yesterday, Channel yep. 4 announced being up for sale, mm. um, which is interesting because Channel 4 
was created, interestingly enough, by Margaret, or by Margaret Thatcher yeah. um, in order to provide an alternative view to the BBC, mm-hmm. to provide some culturally challenging pieces. Mm. Um, and now it's the same party that is going against it, probably for the same reasons, that mm. they are culturally challenging. Yeah. Um, BBC uh, Channel 4 has been particularly good at pushing uh, diverse yeah. groups of people and diverse content, um, which can often be reflect poorly on our government which mm. our government should be challenged continuously and uh-huh. we should as taxpayers uh, be thankful that that service kind of exists it brings mm. light to some things that uh, maybe wouldn't be otherwise yeah. we should celebrate that yeah. uh, there's another side of the internet that I just want to touch on that we haven't spoken about mm-hmm. um, and this is that we don't really I, I think as uh, everyday internet individual goers I don't think we have access to all of the internet yeah. Because there is the dark web, yeah. which is only accessible via a very certain means and for a very uh, good reason, I would say, for the most part. <laughs> there are things that happen, there are nefarious things that happen on the dark web, which we shouldn't all have access to, which we shouldn't be able to. And actually, some of, a lot of the people on the dark web also shouldn't have access to, <laughs> right? Sometimes it's it's like things like the sale of marijuana, which currently is becoming legal in more and more and more countries and states. And we're seeing that going. And that... that infrastructure that was built on places like the dark web potentially will move over to to everybody's access and it will already already be in place which is a good thing for all those businesses right but there are other things that happen on there which shouldn't be allowed to happen which which shouldn't have access we shouldn't have access to anyway and i think as much as i want to shout 100 percent freedom for everything we can't there needs to be some some level level of protection of regulation exactly and protection because there are people as always in almost every system and structure in the world um, the people with the least power and the least say in what happens are the people who are most at risk in all systems and that includes the internet as well yeah. and so as much as I want freedom of information it shouldn't be freedom of to those things that happen over there Yeah, and I think that sometimes is really difficult to balance for example um, do you know what the Silk Road is? yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so people using Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies mm-hmm. early cryptocurrencies this mm-hmm. is in 2011 not to, mm-hmm. I think 2014-15 um, to buy stuff like marijuana mm-hmm. but also yeah. stuff like um, remember that, like, like zombie drugs yeah. and like potentially really dangerous things but without that we wouldn't have crypto uh, te- technology, blockchain technology, probably in the form that it is today, wouldn't have mm. advanced so quickly, unfortunately, without illicit activities going on under its name, mm-hmm. which can often, or which can tarnish its reputation, but could also result in advancement. And it's finding a balance of those things mm. um, is, I think, what's important, like you say, for the internet. Yeah. I mean, any system that grows and, and touches as many people as it touches, like the internet and the dark web, uh, will have be useful good and bad it's a tool right yeah. so for example governments up until 200 years ago the same people who ran countries also owned people mm-hmm. right and so we look at governments now and, and they're supposed to be the beacons of what's right yeah. but they don't always have it and <laughs> no. same with the internet the internet is just a tool it mm-hmm. is just a thing for people to use how and which they please and the some people will find bad ways to use it and some people find good ways to use it and there needs to be regulation there needs to be knowledge and information and it needs to be shared and we need to be taught how to take care of ourselves in these spaces i think for it to be as free as possible yeah absolutely um next up yeah that was quite a heavy start and we're, we're already getting heavier really. we're, going, we're going into it today um i guess again speaking on the government yep um Partygate, a scandal in the UK for our American listeners, um, in which the first lockdown, April 2020 began, yep. um, finished in 
the first on the first of June, twenty twenty, um, people were advised uh, for long periods during this uh, during this two three month period mm. uh, not to see any friends, even public even in public spaces, couldn't visit other people in their houses. Um, parties were certainly not allowed, no. um, and a recent investigation found that our government almost unsurprisingly at this point, um, mm-hmm. broke uh, a number of rules and had a number of parties in 10 Downing Street, um, the home of our Prime Minister. Mm-hmm. It's like if um, people <laughs> visited the White House and had a rave, which I'm sure they probably also I did. definitely did, yeah. Under Trump. Yeah. Um, what is particularly frustrating about this is the people that set the rules uh, broke them heinously and did it whilst ridiculing the rest of the system, mm. um, which is understandable people passed away yeah. people weren't able to visit their families um, that includes close friends of mine and and beyond that mm. there, there are a number of heartbreaking stories uh, where people have to contact their families through nurses mm-hmm. if they're lucky the nurses we clap for yeah and um, <laughs> the discipline as a result of this has been a, a hundred pound fine to a limited number of attendees um, we are yet to have confirmed whether that inc- includes our prime minister mm. um, who had covid yeah, <laughs> <laughs> who had COVID and also went around shaking the hand, the hands of all the staff mm-hmm. in that building yeah. whilst having COVID. Um, it's gobsmacking mm-hmm. <laughs> what is going on and what has been gotten away with. Um, and in the coming months, we'll see what discipline looks like and if it is just going to be a fine. Yeah, the goal of this government, the absolute goal of this government. There were people up and down the, those benches and the, those aisles screaming. Yeah. You know, first of all, we didn't have any clue what was going on during COVID. Like, mm. Morris flip-flopped on his rules and his decisions better than a fish out of water. Mm. Flip-flopping left, right and centre, right? So didn't give us clear instruction. Yeah. Then then mainly the instruction was don't meet up with people. Just don't, just stay inside, stick it out, rough it out for the betterment of our NHS, for the betterment of the people. Yeah. Take care of each other. Stay inside, save lives was one of the main things, right? And so what you expect from leadership in times of struggle and what you need from leadership in times of struggle is to lead by example and is to hold yourself to the highest standard, right? Because I know people who were partying and they had police pull up on them, right? And rightfully so. Like if this is the rule and these are the laws set out to keep people safe, to keep deaths and cases low, which was was the mean of it, which was the science-backed method, right? (laughs) To then come out and see texts and messages and people laughing about having parties. The same people who set the rules, the same people who are mistreating the health of millions of people to then go and be breaking all of the rules is disgraceful and should be disciplined. Typically, uh, events like this in government, uh, from my understanding, across the world um, and most democratic countries, Mm. lead to a number of resignations. in this case where the, the leader of a country is involved, stepping down, oh, um, particularly after a series of events that have been uh, put, I, I guess, a, a mark against this government's mm-hmm. name, um, you'd expect a person to be responsible, take full responsibility and accountability for their actions and step down. Mm. Um, a £100 fine is mm-hmm. uh, a smack in the face of every British person mm-hmm. existing because that will likely just be expensed. So this mm-hmm. is a taxpayer's paid investigation, mm. which... 
follows a taxpayer's paid party mm. and a taxpayer's paid fine. Yeah. None of this is coming out of the original party's pockets. And yeah. if it did, it would be covered by their massively wealthy friends who they put billions of pounds yeah. of money into. So I think that this is they, barely scratching the surface. They used COVID to, to line the pockets of their, 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 their <laughs> funders. So it's, it's, it's no, no problem. So clearly there is a need for real discipline tangible discipline yeah. um that acts as a deterrent for the future as mm-hmm. well yeah i i think the, the first thing that needs to be done is the leadership needs to be forced to step down if they don't step down right yeah. that's that's the first thing that needs to happen in my mind leadership has failed mm-hmm. and when leadership fails they need to go that's the first thing and anybody within that same or anybody who organized the party because there were loads mm-hmm. all have to be removed from their positions immediately and then anybody who went knowing what was going on if they're in the cabinet need to be stripped of those positions maybe not stripped of their seats but at least stripped of those positions because they cannot lead they might be able to represent their constituents but they cannot lead and they've shown they cannot lead that in my in my opinion is the least that can be done particularly when this is a a police investigation this is not like an internal investigation Mm. this is something that has been escalated to a point where it is I don't know if the word is civil or criminal here Mm. um, but for a fine I'm guessing there's also some criminal aspects Mm. to this Um, there should be almost a clause to say as an MP I will uphold the law to the greatest extent possible um, and if I break this I agree to do X, Y, Z some real change take them off their positions i also think that everyone should be named and implicated in all of this there should be a shame portal you should be able to as we can look up to see how our mps voted look up to see have they committed any crimes Mm. i do think that people make mistakes and people that have committed crimes should be able to be mps maybe Mm. within a, a certain remit yeah um yeah i agree but I also think that if they are committing crimes as an active MP, mm. they need to be held accountable for that, particularly as they just got a pay rise up to, what, 82 and a half grand? Yeah. If they knowingly break the law while in, in seat, they should no longer have that seat. Yeah. It, that, it, that should be a, a base. That should be yeah. a base. Let's not have active criminals within our lawmaking system. Mm. That should probably be <laughs> the baseline for what an MP should be. And none of them represent their constituents. No. Because while talking about saving lives they actively put their lives and everybody around them's lives at risk. And that's outrageous. Get rid of the lot of them. (laughs) Burn it down. (laughs) Start again. (laughs) Um, Moving on. Yes. And moving on to a much lighter topic, a much more um, exciting and creative thing and hopefully finishing with a bang because I'm feeling the weight. I'm actually not feeling the weight of those (laughs) last two topics. So let's turn it all the way up to 100 in a loving way with the greatest marketing campaigns of all time. And no, we're definitely not talking about Pepsi trying to solve racism (laughs) and wars and every other thing under the sun with with a Pepsi can. Thanks, Kendall Jenner. Kendall Jenner saving the world again. That's not going on. Thank God for our white (laughs) saviour. <laughs> that's uh-huh. definitely not going on any of our list that's for sure <laughs> so what would you say is the greatest advertising company yo so I, I i work for i work for nike right so i have a i have a big big affiliation with big big marketing right yeah. and i love love marketing i love marketing campaigns. i really hope you don't say the same one i'm gonna say go for it <laughs> oh no. <laughs> no let's hear it let's hear it let's hear it yeah we're definitely going for it but um so uh that's what I'm gonna. That's what. That's what I'm gonna finish on. But I want to shout out three before that. Okay. Right. So honorable mentions. Yeah. The first one is the Dairy Milk uh, okay. campaign, and yeah. that is the Phil Collins song in the air tonight, oh, and the gorilla, the gorilla just sitting at the drum kit as. <laughs> 
the first minute yeah. plays of In the Air Tonight and then, you know, finishes with the, the drum solo to kick off. They had a five streak, the Eyebrow Kids. The Eyebrow Kids was incredible. Yeah, that was also Derry Mill. Yeah, and it was right after. It was hit <laughs> after hit. They won two championships back to back. Drake was not the first back to back because they really, they really took it there. So I want to give that uh, a mention yeah. because that in itself just unforgettable and also Dairy Milk owns that colour of purple I don't know if you knew that but they have a oh, copyright no. on that colour of purple uh-huh. so that's one thing uh, next thing I want to talk about is uh, Old Spice okay yeah <laughs> look at your look at your man now back to me now back to your man now back to me he's not me but he could smell like me I'm on a horse all of that yeah. fantastic writing incredible performance so viral yeah and it's made me get Old Spice which you know <laughs> if that's not what our campaign's made to do I don't know what it is mm. I'll never forget it as well so that's another thing and then the third one I want to give real respect and credence mm. to is I don't know if you remember this but it was a campaign by Sony Bravia okay and to my recollection it mm. was loads of multi- millions of bouncy balls all different colours bouncing down a street in San Francisco down a hill in slow motion to the song Heartbeats by Jose Gonzalez. I don't know if you remember it. No, I don't remember the song. Yeah. But it was breathtaking. Slow motion, hundreds of different bouncy balls, thousands, millions, uh, in different colours, just bouncing down this uh, this hill in slow motion, this road in San Francisco. It's incredible. To the unforgettable uh, Jose Gonzalez. It's just wonderful. I would never, I don't even know what it was advertising. But it was just a great campaign and it touched me on a level I've, I've never never known. Now, in 1988, mm. I'm, on to, I'm on to the winner. In okay. 1988, um, Nike came out with the Just Do It campaign. Okay. Um, it came from uh, Nefarious Roots. The, the mm. slogan came from Nefarious Roots. I'm not going to talk about it here. Okay. If you want to find out where it comes from, go Google I'll that. I'll Google it. I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying that on here. Um, but Wyden and Kennedy, the greatest uh, marketing uh, company in the world no don't 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 at me don't question me it's a fact they've won all of the awards they could possibly win and they win them almost every year that's how good they are uh, they've been providing most of Nike's main campaigns since since the Just Do It campaign yeah. uh, maybe even before that and for the 30 year anniversary they Nike and Wyden Kennedy came up with the Dream Crazy campaign Ooh. and led by the blackboard American football player Colin Kaepernick uh-huh. he represented something so much bigger than sport in that moment right he represented something really that that shouldn't even need to be represented right um, but stood well kneeled for for a fight against police brutality and so much more than that and then because of that was taken out of the sport that he was actually quite good at uh, and to this day is still not being given the the choice and the chance to play in the way that he, he would like to, even though he's he's a, a decent player. Yeah. And in the Dream Crazy campaign, in the, in the ad- advert, they showed loads of different athletes who all stood up for something more than just their sport mm. and touch the world and touch people at a level greater than, than, than sport, even sport can do. And I loved it because one, it backed human beings more than just a product and more than just a brand. And I very much understand that whenever a campaign, whenever a, whenever a company back something, they are profiting out of this. They're making something out of this. And that's what companies do. They make money. We live in a capitalist society where campaigns are there to make money. But if at the same time, they can also represent people, stand up for people and do something that means more than just we want to make money, I'm here for it. And it touches me. And every time I watch that uh, advert, I get shivers. Beautiful. I love it. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, and 
this was following him being like let go and released by a team. Yeah. I remember the first day it was a picture yeah. of Colin Kaepernick's face. Yeah. Yeah. Um, going on Instagram, I'm like, okay, let's let's see what the comments are saying because, mm. and there were so many negative comments mm. and people saying, oh, I'm going to stop buying Nike. I'm not going to do this anymore. They mm. go against the flag. They go against this, blah, blah, blah. Um, and Nike lost 7% mm. of its net worth that day. Yeah. Now, the next day, it went, I think, 14% higher than it had ever been in that mm. year because word got around. This was such a fantastic campaign for them. Um, but also the idea of Black buying power, mm. um, as we saw with Black Panther, mm. Us, Get Out, mm. all of these fantastic movies, um, supporting and showing that in the face of racism and all of these other issues that are being pushed um, by, unfortunately, by our favourite sport, yeah. um, we will stand with this person because the person matters so much more yep. than the sport mm -hmm. um, was a brilliant and very touching campaign. Um, and rightly so that their value went up. Yeah. Um, it's funny because my number one mm -hmm. is also the same. I'm going to give a, a, a shout out because I feel almost obligated now. <laughs> um, there was a brilliant campaign in which they made a car out of cake. Oh, Skoda Fabio. Skoda Fabio. Hey. And before then, I had no concept of Skoda. As a company, I didn't really, I didn't think, oh, Skoda's my dream car. Yeah. But for that moment, I would love to drive a car out of cake. Mm. Oh, for real. <laughs> for real. Um, but to circle back around to my number one advertising campaign, it's a campaign. I think an advertising campaign is good mm. when you forget to believe that it's an advertising campaign. You lose yourself in the campaign and you're fully immersed, such as the bouncy balls mm. is immersed in the, the, the picture and the image of these balls racing down the hill. Mm. And when I was younger, we used to have one computer in our school mm -hmm. and everyone used to go on that computer. Everyone was like Friday, you know, golden time, mm -hmm. which was a time between kind of 12 and 3 p.m. Uh, where you could do whatever you want. And we used to watch these videos of the greatest footballers at that time, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, hey. Ronaldinho, Henri, Ronaldo, all demonstrating, or oh, probably Luis Figo's, a mm. ridiculous level of skill and precision in the Jogger Benito campaign. Oh, magical campaign. Jogger Benito put these players in arenas mm -hmm. in their hometowns, in their home countries, and just said, all of the skills mm. that you can necessarily show on a football pitch, mm -hmm. come and do them right now. Mm. The amount of times that I practiced the rainbow flick that <laughs> Ronaldinho had, where he recreated his famous run when he was playing futsal yeah. in a, in his tiny arena back home. Um, the Henri chipping the ball Ooh. on the goal line, not on the um, touch line, so much that it spanned back into the goal. People still try to that to this day. Mm. Every uh, Ronaldinho, mm. chest, touch, crossbar. Chest touch yeah. crossbar, a challenge that I took took me a, a good while to realize was impossible. <laughs> Zlatan Ibrahimovic had been doing kick up with chewing gum mm. to see if I could kick it back in my mouth. Wouldn't recommend it from a hygiene perspective, <laughs> but absolutely fabulous and memorable. Yeah. I was so lost in that campaign that mm. I wanted all of the Nike products. Yeah. That sold me to Nike probably for life yeah. because I was like, Nike is football. I couldn't detach the two ideas and Jogger Benito is the best hat campaign of all time.
Yeah, yeah, I, I back it. Watching athletes do what athletes do is incredible, and it's just give, give me another one which we're both gonna we're both gonna shout out, uh, which because I know we will. It's um, it's the old like late two thousands um, NFL pick me pick campaign. Me, yeah. Oh my gosh, they definitely just they definitely just saw the Joe Benito and were like, oh, let's do that because yo, you had quarterbacks who really weren't good trying to do all these accuracy competitions and all this you had Marcus Colson catching three balls one two and a da-da. you had blindfolded wide receivers yep. catching the ball behind them uh, Lawrence Moroni jumping through a car yes I don't even remember Lawrence Moroni no disrespect a tight end <laughs> punching a hole through a wall to catch a ball yeah um, like you say quarterbacks that aren't very good throwing one ball up yeah then hitting that ball with yeah. another ball so it splits to two receivers running down the field Andre Johnson one of the greatest receivers yeah. of the tens and late 2000s putting a ball into a machine which fired it up into the air and running mm. 60 yards down the pitch mm. to catch it showing off his incredible speed yeah there was there was one there was and then all of them were really good do you remember the bell Oh, Crosby, Mason Crosby, who still plays, who still kicks, kicking the belt up there. Hmm, hmm. Uh, there was one that was, all of them were really good other than one that I remember. And it was a quarterback. I can't remember what quarterback it was, right? But there was a, there was a down marker. Yeah. A down marker in the middle of the field and he's like 20 yards away from it. And he hits the, the down marker and it goes from first down to second down to third oh, down. Yeah. And then he does one behind his back and he hits it. And I was like, it doesn't even look impressive. It doesn't. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure. I know as a quarterback, it's hard to hit the same point yeah. twenty yards down the down the field exactly the same four times in a row. But like, somebody oh. punched through a wall and caught a ball, bro. <laughs> what are you doing here? Somebody hit a ball in the air to two receivers. Like, what are we doing here? He he definitely missed out on his creative period. Let's just say that because he, he was missing. But uh, once again, an incredible campaign that lit up my passion for the sport when I was young yeah. and was one of the things that really kept me super passionate and invested That's in fantastic. the sport. They need to bring that back. 100%. Imagine Tyreek Hill doing something. Like, it's just, it's just made for That's itself. That's borderline believable. For real. Juju Smith-Schuster will probably do a TikTok dance and, <laughs> and somehow make turn it into an NFL skill. Yeah. we got Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, two of the strongest arms the NFL has ever seen. They can have some fun with this. Mm. Play some games. Taysom Hill, does can, can play four positions. Let's see Let's see that happen. <laughs> let's throw the ball up, catch it. Clones of Taysom yeah, Hill. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, maybe we should. Be on the advertising campaign. NFL, chat to us. Yeah. Come see us. See what, see what, see what we can do. We've got someone for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this has been Is a Hot Dog a Sandwich? Yeah. Let us know if you want us to talk about anything. Mm-hmm. We can do it. We can do it. Please leave a review, review in whatever way you can, wherever you can. Please leave a review. We'd love to, we'd love to, like Ethan said, hear what you think, what you want yeah. us to talk about. But also let us know if we're doing good, if we're not doing good, how would you like oh, to see good. this platform? <laughs> Blow up. Find us at Is a Hot Dog a Pod on Instagram and TikTok, as well as at Is a Hot Dog a Sandwich on YouTube and Facebook. I hope wherever you are, you're having a fantastic day. Peace. Bye.